Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode 23. I cannot believe it has been that many already. Really, really cool. I'm having a lot of fun with the podcast. I hope you guys are too. Don't forget, anytime you ever have suggestions on people I should interview, please reach out. I've got a short list here of requests from all of you and I am open and I want to know what you want to hear. So reach out to me through my website, nicoledeboom.com or get me through Skirt Sports. You can email info at Skirt Sports or find me on Facebook or who knows how you got to get me, but find me and uh, make your requests. Super lucky today. We have a great interview with the team from Scoop, Healthy Scoop, that's Scoop with a K, Healthy Scoop team. They were in the house. Actually, I had one of the founders, Dr. James Rouse, um, he's visiting, and his right-hand man, woman, Christine Carey, she's super awesome. Uh, she does all the marketing, and it was fun to have a little group dynamic on the interview So you're going to hear from them shortly. You're going to hear all about what this whole scoop company is and what their product line does for people. Um, One of the cool things that we don't really get into in the interview is that uh, Dr. James was also the founder of a great company called Mix One. They were a beverage company based in Boulder, Colorado. They made protein-based beverages, and they were just a really fun company with a great product. Eventually, they were bought by a big, huge company. I I actually think it might have been Hershey. And um, like often happens when acquisitions occur, their company, Mix One, was eventually put to rest. But Dr. James was not put to rest, and he still had a lot of ambitions to help people in the world. And that's why he started Scoop with another really cool guy named Greg, who founded Izzy. So there you go. You put Mix One and Izzy together and you've got a really great uh, powerhouse team. So you will hear from James and Christine soon. But before we get started on this episode, let's hear a little ad from our sponsor. Guess who? Okay, then this episode is brought to us by Healthy Scoop. Healthy Scoop can help you spark a positive change in your overall health and wellness with their plant-based nutrition. They truly believe proper nutrition doesn't have to be complicated or time-consuming. It starts simply with organic fruits and vegetables, like a few scoops of their powder in a smoothie when you walk out the door midday or before you go to bed. It's super, super easy. Those little moments make the difference because when you nourish your body, you feed your soul too, and we all know how important that is. Every moment, every choice you have is an opportunity to spark positivity in your life. Just adding a few little scoops of their protein, fruits, and veggies to brighten your day, soothe your night can make a huge difference. They are offering a really really big discount today, 35% off. So just go check them out at Healthy Scoop. Remember, scoop with a K-S-K-O-O-P, healthyscoop.com, and use the promo code SPARK35 for 35% off discount. Healthy Scoop is here to help you spark a healthier, happier, nourishing change from sunup to sundown. And there it is. So let's get on with the show. 
All right, everyone, lots of noise over here. I am so excited. I'm sitting here in my super awesome home recording studio, right? Yeah. With Dr. James Rouse and Christine Carey from Scoop. Or scoop. Healthy hey. Scoop or Scoop? Or scoop. It's it? Healthy Scoop. It's like all Scoop. <laughs> We're scooping. Actually, we need to take some photos because we got a lot of sampling going on, and I wish that you could all partake through your earbuds. But unfortunately, you can't, so you're going to have to trust us today, right? Right. It's not easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh-oh. Do we need to pause? No, we're okay, good. We're good. Do you know that um, I just have to segue before we get into all this. When I was pregnant, I choked on my own spit all the time and would have these like massive coughing fits. Oh, my goodness. In front of, like in the middle of a conversation. It didn't matter. And it doesn't happen as much anymore, but I think it was because I was constantly salivating. Could mm-hmm. that be a real thing? It could be a real thing. <laughs> and now that you've started doing it. <laughs> now you can't stop. Now talking. I can't stop. I have the gag reflex in full action. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk more about that later. But <laughs> um, okay, so today I'm really excited to have you here at my home. I'm really excited that your brand exists. It's a brand that just makes people feel good. It's so, an honor to be here, Nicole. Thank oh, you. Thank you very oh much. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to dig into all kinds of stuff today. Christine, you, you do marketing and all kinds of cool things for Scoop, right? right? I wear a lot of hats. Well, tell Primarily me more about those. marketing, uh, advertising, social media, the, the sales on the website, uh, brand strategy, the packaging. Um, all the packaging is new last year, so we redid that. Very exciting. And all new branding with some really fun kind of language around sparking excitement, sparking wellness change. So it's been really fun. And yeah. you're a channeler of my ADD. There you go. <laughs> Which, let's get that really clear. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, like, there's so much cool stuff to talk about with the product, but the branding is kind of important. But most people are like, it's boring. It's just branding. It's just packaging. Big deal. But that makes a huge difference in how people perceive a brand. It really does. And with our packaging, we were ultimately looking to make sure that people looked at the packaging and said, wow, that looks yummy. You see the scoop with all the fruits and vegetables inside of it? It's like, wow, that looks like Whole Foods. It's plant-based. I'm going to try that. Um, Yummy packaging. Yummy packaging. Edible packaging. (laughs) Wow. That's a new thing. How cool could that be? Edible packaging. The ultimate in sustainability. Oh, wow. Okay, that's another business. Okay, we'll be right back. We're going to work on that. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what I'm going to do today as we go through the conversations, too, is you're my other... you're my female partner yes, in the room. I'm a huge fan. And and oh yeah, cool, awesome. <laughs> I see. I love this all the way around. And uh, and so we're going to dig into things today, even you know about the differences between women and men. And I really want to get your feedback too from the inside. Absolutely. And then so James, this is so cool. You just have such a big personality and such a huge background and so much passion. I just I think instead of me trying to paraphrase for people how you got here, maybe you can share a little bit of your story. Well, thanks, truly. I mean, it's an honor to be here, Nicole. I've been following you since way back when, when I did my first, I did my first <laughs> Iron Man back in 1982. Are you kidding? Serious. Well, I was 10. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there but you that's go. That's so impressive. Yeah, it was back when it I was mean, literally Schwinn Varsity bicycles wow. weighing 40 pounds and running with your Adidas Dragons, and it was wild. And, and mainlining peanut butter sandwiches on Roman meal bread, it was it was different then. Yeah. And you know, but I've always been fascinated with the idea of self-care as a, as a form of social activism. Uh, I grew up in a family of very unhealthy people who um, taught me a lot about what un-self-care looks like. And uh, I, I fell in love with Jack LaLanne when I was a little boy. And Jack LaLanne was a catalyst for me, Nicole. He talked about self-care as a way of waking up the world around you. And um, I fell in love with push-ups and broccoli when I was a little boy. Uh, I wanted to do Iron Man since I knew they existed. I met Scott Tinley at a random event back in the late 70s. And this whole voyage, if you will, has been about really making self-care accessible to everybody. Because I think sometimes, whether it's in the Iron Man circles or the CrossFit circles, Sometimes those circles get a little small, and I thought, wouldn't it be fun if you made a highly inclusive brand that welcomed everyone to the wellness party so everyone could be a part of it? That is 
that's what needs to happen. It really does. We, so how like how are you doing that? And how did you get here to, to be one of the founders of Scoop? Well, you know, I've always been a foodie. I put myself through med school in my own restaurant. And it, with my wife and I, we actually met in pre-med. We said, wouldn't it be cool to have a vegan restaurant to pay for our books and pay for our tuition? So for five years, we did this back in Oregon, back in the early 90s. And I've always thought to myself, God, it would be so cool to create a brand that kind of had on the ingredient list all the things that you knew you should be doing, but you say, oh, you know, it's too much work, it's too much maintenance. And Scoop really is. It's an idea that says, you know what, making functional food relevant and accessible at the speed of life. And that's really what Scoop is all about. It's wellness at the speed of life. Wow. So it was like one day you just said, okay, I'm ready. You had a restaurant. Okay, first of all, you said vegan. Yeah. So why do I say vegan? I don't know. Vegan potatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay. it's, it's all those things, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter how you say it. It's all the same. But um, you went from there to just moving into Scoop? Uh, actually, I went from there to, I had a family practice for nearly 20 years. Wow. And it was a functional medicine practice. What does that mean? What's functional medicine? Functional medicine is really kind of a way of looking at primary care medicine that really addresses how lifestyle really creates a lot of what goes on with our symptoms. And it's really getting to the cause of what drives either unwellness or high level of vitality. Okay. And so we just kind of take a picture of the whole entire body. We look at the mind, the body, the emotions, very scientifically, Nicole, but it really comes down to what kind of rituals you have all day long. What are you thinking about? Who are you hanging out with? All of that is functional medicine. I'm a huge believer mm. that we are our associations, whether it's the media, whether it's our friends, whether it's our family. Nicole, look around and see how all that stuff really does inflict or inspire the kind of well-being you want to have. That's true. That's true. And I mean, it's people discount the emotional side and how much that affects our physical side and vice versa. And yet it's been proven that if you have emotional stress or you're hanging out with the wrong crowd or whatever, it can actually cause physical, you know, disorders, basically. Truly. And there's something that I think at my age, in my mid fifties, I've always been intrigued by who's aging fast and well, in a sense of really kind of, if you will, really expressing the highest version of themselves and who is literally leaning into a punch. And the people you say, oh my gosh, that person looks like they're 20 years older than they really are. And a lot of that comes to how does that we view our self-care, but also a lot of the environmental factors, whether it be food, whether it be the media that we're, we're watching. But I think ultimately it's our self-talk. You know, do we wake up in the morning? Mm -hmm. Do we come into the morning with an abundant mindset or do we put ourselves in the penalty box right out of the gate? All those things, if you will, affect yeah. how we age. And you know, you're hitting on something important. It's this how you frame your day, mm. right? You wake up in the morning and you talk to lots of people. A lot of successful people have more of a routine. I guess success is relative. We could talk about that too. Yeah, but right. how do you frame your days? Starting out really positive. It's like I start out in the morning by going to the gym. I'm at the gym at five in the morning. Wow. I get How do you do that I, with two kids? I, because I have a friend in my neighborhood that I go with. You need a partner. You need a buddy. <laughs> Accountability. To be accountable because if she doesn't come pick me up or I don't pick her up, the two of us are still laying in bed. But instead, we have each other to like know that we're going to the gym. We're going to get our stretch in. Then we're going to get our cardio in and weights in and do our training for whatever something that's upcoming because you want to be ready for something and you want to be striving for something instead of just like going about your day. And starting off really positive with that workout really helps me personally. Yep. Then I can come home. I can have my scoop. I can have some yogurt, get through my day, make my kids lunches, mm -hmm. get to work, go through, you know, eight, nine hours at, at work, come home again. And I'm still going because I started out on a good note. The yep. routine, the routine is really important. And it includes physical fitness. Absolutely. But every day? Um, four times a week. Yeah. Um, and I usually get another one in on the weekend that I wouldn't call a gym workout that yeah. I would call like a hike or skiing or right. a snowshoe in the winter, but I do something, you know, active with my family at that point. Okay. So here's a, a funny question. 
I'm assuming then you're kind of a morning workout girl. Yes. So what are the chances if you hit snooze and you're like, I'll just do it later today? What are your chances you're going to get your workout in? Um, if my girlfriend's picking me up real good. <laughs> she, I wanted her phone yeah, number. And if I'm picking up her real good because it's accountability. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, the snooze, it, it goes a couple times. And then if I don't do it in the morning, I'm less likely to do it in the day because yeah. the day just gets busy. Mm-hmm. And my time is in the morning because yep. I've got kids. I've got a 13 year old and 11 year old girls and they're important to me and my husband and so we got a lot of things going on yeah after school stuff and and getting that time for me is really important we're gonna have to come back to balance and how your body and your digestion is gonna affect your balance in all ways absolutely but i want to hear about your morning routines you know um nicole i think for most everyone in your community, yeah. the thing I think we're all looking for is the magic bullet. Like if I could, if I could have that one thing, I think this is what really is helpful for me to remember. Um, all the science that says the superhumans out there, they don't try to log out the amazing day. They try to log out the amazing one thing. Harvard did this really cool study in the Harvard School of Public Health. They talked about something called the linchpin habit. And the linchpin habit is literally not saying, you know what? I'm going to get these 10 things done. I'm going to be awesome. No, it says, you know what? Within 30 minutes of waking, I'm going to crush one thing. And if I can crush one thing, the physiological cascade of awesomeness ensues from there. Oh, we are. Have you trademarked that? No, but I mean, (laughs) but it just, because you're speaking your energy field, Nicole. I mean, that's what it's all about. There's no physiological conspiracy. It's a spiritual thing. Get started with. You say, you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be awesome at this one thing. Whether it's saying, you know what, I'm brushing my teeth and I'm doing lunges while I'm brushing my teeth. There's my linchpin habit. Or if uh, I wake up in the morning and it's either good morning God or it's good God morning. Whatever, whatever it is. Now, here's the beautiful thing: the science is so clear. The mind and the body loves a win. Don't try to give yourself 20 wins and put yourself in a penalty box if you don't get them all. Do the one win upon waking, and then the emotional cascade, serotonin starts to dance with dopamine. Dopamine starts to ignite confidence and courage. And then you start looking for other wins throughout your morning. And what's beautiful, you start to hardwire being a ninja. You literally start to hardwire being awesome. And it literally becomes a physiological experience, but it has to start with you having an idea about what your possibility could be and then lean into it. It hurts at first because it's awkward and unique, but eventually it grows into you. It's a domino effect. Yeah, it is. And how many times do you hear people say, well, I cheated in the morning, so my whole day's blown. Yeah. Because maybe they set their standards a little too high too. <laughs> right. And I think, but isn't it interesting that, and I can say this, I have two teenage daughters and um, I have a remarkable wife. So I'm, I'm around amazing women. And my two teenage daughters, my wife, Deborah, we really are, what we love to say is we're students of our best life. Students. Because every good study that talks about self-esteem for women and men, but particularly for girls, this is something I'm learning about, is that um, women tend to be much more wired for the student mindset. And if they get themselves into a fixed mindset where it has to be perfect, they literally dismount and never get back on. They, once they fail, yeah. they have a really hard time getting back on. But if they can coach themselves back after that morning failure, the morning failure was, you know what? I get a zit. That's my morning failure. Uh, my morning failure was that I, I opted for Cocoa Puffs versus the full-on low-sugar granola. But you learn. And you go, wow, you know what was cool about this? I witnessed how that really wasn't the best thing I could have done. Rather than giving myself a beat-up experience going, what could I have done better? Where can I learn? And how can I capitalize on the learning? Mm-hmm. Women in particular, their physiology tends to grow wonderfully well around that. What about men? You know, men are more interesting in that respect. <laughs> well, and here's what I'll tell you. Here's the research. Men tend to be either very fixed right or left in terms of their hemispheres. Women are really good at going back and forth. Women know how to cross from the logical to the creative and do it with grace and ease where guys tend to get stuck. Oh, that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> so it's the lone guy one, here. It's just as one of many. That's why we don't ask for directions. You may, want, you may want to suggest your husbands listen to this episode. Well, it's true. And here's what's interesting too, and I really want women to hear this. 
Women also have about five times the efficiency of men crossing the blood, if you will, the right and left hemisphere. But here's what's also really cool. Okay. The way that they do it uses more energy and women, absolutely women, we know, need to sleep at least 20 minutes longer than guys every night because of that. And they should always have an afternoon nap because what that does, it allows the women's brain. Ladies, you have to let your brain download, simmer, go back into a beautiful sort of yoga asana of peace and relaxation, and then recharge for the afternoon. This is a physiological, neurological thing that makes men and women very, very different. Okay. Um, first of all, I'm celebrating because I do need more sleep than Tim, and I've always felt inadequate because of that. Mm. And it's almost competitive. My husband's kind of an a competitive athlete too, so you get it. But then this afternoon nap—I mean, it all makes sense. It's all you're cycling through your day. Absolutely, you get you get stale at certain points, and you realize you're just yeah, you're just sort of pushing the same thing around in circles. You're like, what did I just do for an hour? Right. I could have. I would have been better off taking a nap. Absolutely, because and because women are working harder. Their, their brains are working harder. Their minds are much more busy. Their willingness to carry the world is physiologically predisposed. And because of that, they mm. need the rest. Wow. Wow. I Take feel, nap. I feel inspired right now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's your I'm hall, learning it's a lot. the hall pass. I mean, yeah. Nicole, I mean, your community, we need to have the hall pass. Permission given. Mm -hmm. It's true. Well, in um, can you pass me some of the Absolutely. chocolate? What is this deliciousness I'm drinking here? So this is called Super Scoop. It what was you, like, if you could. What they just heard was a shake. Oh, you heard a shake of you, Super you, Scoop. You mastered the shake. <laughs> this is a combination of all the sort of checkoffs on your list of like, oh, I want my plant-based protein. I want my broccoli. I want my blueberries. I want my prebiotics. I want my probiotics, and this is all making it happen in a simple, wonderful, organic scoop of awesomeness. So, okay, what's the difference between a prebiotic and a probiotic? Well, you know what? Um, and I'll date myself. When I grew up back in New England, we had these things called lawns. I live in Colorado in the mountains where we don't have a lawn. But everyone said, you know what? In the springtime, you need to put fertilizer down right. so the grass seeds can take hold. Well, in your digestive tract, a prebiotic is like the grass seed before. It's the fertilizer. Scott's turf builder. You lay it into the grass, if you will, your digestive tract, and then the probiotics get a chance to take hold and okay. benefit your digestion. So the prebiotics are sort of the, they're the seeding and the probiotics are the growing. It's like a primer. It's a primer. Yeah. Oh, I love and that. And you need that in order to let the probiotics do their job. Exactly. And you know whether or not mm. you are having good pre and pro by the size and awesomeness of your poops. <laughs> <laughs> See, these are athletes listening. Yeah, you know we what? We have to go there. Okay? Let's face it. When you were standing in front of the porta potty before the event oh, and we're going, worse. oh, I need to go. And if I don't go, the race is not going to work. Yeah, exactly. And you're going, oh, come on, poop on demand, poop on demand. <laughs> this this is helping you to have like chronological dependent poops. <laughs> you know, um, okay, let's talk about poop for a minute. Why okay. not? We're going there. So actually, I want to talk about the process. I want to talk about your gut. So you have some thoughts maybe you can share, educate us a little bit on the microbiome. Yeah, I think the microbiome is something that as um, more people understand, they'll say, gosh, you know, did I win the genetic lottery? Are my parents awesome? Are my grandparents phenomenal? And in my case, they weren't. I was thinking, gosh, you know what? Am I screwed? Here's what's really cool about the microbiome. Nicole and everyone, I want you to really take this to heart. Your genes, they're a lot like a jukebox. I'm definitely dating myself. But we come into the world <laughs> with a jukebox and you've got all these songs. And some songs are really sad disease songs. Other songs are awesome vitality songs. It's what you do all day long. It's how you eat. It's how you think. It's how you move. It's who you associate with is whether or not you play the good songs or the bad songs. The microbiome yeah. is telling you whether or not you get a chance to play your good songs. So if you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I need a do-over. I need to start from scratch. My genetic makeup isn't really positive. It's not really healthy. Then here's the beautiful thing. You have to give yourself enough self-love to choose the best songs. 
What does the best song look like? It looks like waking up in the morning and doing yoga. It means that when you're sitting in traffic, rather than getting mad at the car in front of you or thinking the red light's a personal conspiracy, here's what you do. You <laughs> breathe from your belly because belly breathing makes the microbiome that much stronger. Oh. Throughout the day, we can allow our genes to express the most beautiful music if we choose to love and be compassionate towards ourselves with all the wonderful rituals of self-care that wait for all of us. So your microbiome is full of music. No, I, I have a Walkman, so I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on eBay later. <laughs> I think I even had a Discman at some point. Cool. But, um, <laughs> so it's, when they say microbiome, they just mean your gut they and mean the your bacteria, gut. the good it's and bad. Nothing, totally. It. It's the probiotics. It's the good bugs, the bad bugs. How are they fighting? Who's winning, if you will? Who's got more of which? And that's all affected by our lifestyle. And that's why something like Scoop and a good probiotic yogurt, how you manage your stress, fermented foods, kimchi is awesome. Do the kinds of things that literally help to feed the good bugs. Because when the good bugs are winning the war in your gut, here's a cool side effect. You can say, oh, digestion, that's great. Good poops, awesome. But the lion's share of your serotonin, the vast majority of the goodness that makes serotonin make you happy, content, peaceful, it's in your gut. Mm. And that's a huge distinction. People say, gosh, you know what? So weird. When I have sugar, I get depressed. Well, you know what? That's your microbiome. Sad. Because when sugar is in your gut, all the bad bugs go, oh, all right, candy corn. I'm off to, uh, I'm off to the races. You know what? <laughs> and that's why we get sad. It's a combination of the sugar and what that does, but how that affects the microbiome, which directly impacts our serotonin, which is our happiness hormone. Okay. I was going to ask to define serotonin and uh, dopamine. Yeah. You mentioned that earlier. Serotonin is the chemical for happiness. It allows us to be resilient and gritty when stress is happening. You have a full life, you have a full plate, and you're thinking, gosh, how do I navigate? Keep your serotonin levels strong. So your microbiome is really huge in that. But here's what dopamine loves. Dopamine loves like a handful of almonds at 10 o'clock in the morning. Dopamine loves interval training. And if you're a person who's really busy and say, I haven't got time for the 10-mile run, go out there and do two or three wind sprints in your driveway. Dopamine will be on fire. And dopamine has a cool job description. It makes you a ninja. It literally gives you courage. It gives you commitment. It gives you motivation. It makes you genius. Wow. So we want both of those we things. We want both those things doing a dance together. So if you know a really negative person, you might just say, let's clean out your microbiome a little bit. Totally. And then they may just become a positive person. You know what? <laughs> Here's the cool thing. You, you know, Nicole, I, I think that one of the jobs that we do, I mean, in your community, you've got a bunch of people who are interested in being a beneficial person presence on the planet, want to be kinder, more gentler, more optimistic, but also perform at your very best. One of the things we know about serotonin, when we're actually extending kindness to a friend who may be going through a tough time, our serotonin levels lift when uh -huh. we're going through kindness. And when we're actually giving the kindness, the people around us, their serotonin levels rise as well. So we don't have to give our power away. We don't have to give ourselves away and become sacrificial lambs. But what we can do, come from your heart, be a presence of optimism. Like say, you know what? Hey, I'm, I'm taking a walk. You want to come with me? Hey, you know what? Rather than going to Starbucks and mainlining a Frappuccino, let's go ahead and get some yogurt instead and throw in some flaxseed just for grins. You know, just the little modifications of you being a friend like that can change the world around you. It's amazing. You're right. You definitely feel better when you're helping other people. You, you really do. The helper's high is real. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's go back to some poop here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we keep on going back to poop? I don't know. It's just kind of too fun. Um, so, okay. I do have a question, though, about good digestion. How many times a day should you poop? Christine, how many times do you poop? <laughs> well, I poop in the morning when I wake up. And then I consider it in the afternoon again, depending on what I've had for lunch. I consider it. Oh, my God. I'm not sure if we're going to hold on to this or not. <laughs> you know, ideally, you should be having at least two full BMs a day. Oh, really? Really. Wow. Well, really. When I was a kid, we called it BM. Yeah. But I think a lot of people might not even know what BM means. Bowel movement. <laughs> And movements, uh, how should we say, en emphasis on plural, you should at least be having two full wow. bowel movements a day. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not the kind where you feel incomplete. Mm. I mean, let's get really, let's get down into this. Yeah. When you're kind of sitting there going, I know there's some more, 
<laughs> but I got things to do. No, stay, you should, stay, <laughs> stay, stay. Yeah, no, stay and complete the job. No, but but you shouldn't be there for an hour either. Your bowel should work so well, and that's when when prebiotics and probiotics in combination. Here's a little. Here's <laughs> guys. This is we all this know how good okay. it feels. Yeah. <laughs> Magnesium is key. Oh, okay. And I say that for two big reasons. Number one, it's the most often deficient mineral in today's diet across across the world, number one. Magnesium allows your bowels to work. And if you will, give it an opportunity to really actually say complete the job. And it also serves as a great stress modifier because when you're stressed, it literally shuts down your digestion. So you want to make sure magnesium is rich in your diet. We have it in scoop, but you can also find it in whole grains. Quinoa is a great source. Almonds are a great source. Walnuts are a great source. But if you're not getting the kind of two BMs that are full and awesome, you might want to give yourself a supplement of magnesium. I highly recommend magnesium glycinate, G-L-Y-C-I-N-A-T-E, 500 milligrams with breakfast, 500 milligrams with dinner. That'll help you normalize your bowels. And what's really cool about it too, it also helps you deal with your sugar cravings and as a side effect, helps your blood pressure to be more awesome. Wow. That's the magic. That's, that's magic. It's all, magnesium is amazing. I mean, I was going to ask, what's the main you know, nutritional need people are missing in their I think lives? it's magnesium, wow. Nicole. And I think anyone else out there who's a mom, who's, um, who's really, how should we say, you, um, you wear, as Christine does, 27 hats and you're hurting this guy around, you will definitely need more magnesium. And it's one of those things that you say, oh my goodness, my ability to exercise my self-compassion goes up exponentially when I have more magnesium. I don't medicate with sugar. I medicate with yoga. It's an awesome game change. That's true. Yeah. And and fitness in general. Totally. You know, I, I think the worst I feel is when I don't go in the morning. Mm. When there's no poop happening, it is a backed up kind of day. It is. And, and I used to have this thing where I would wake up and if I didn't hit my window, like if I got busy or somebody called and it was some kind of uncomfortable work situation, you're like, oh. That just tightened I guess I'm holding Nothing's on. Going. Yeah. Nothing's going anywhere today. Um, and so I think we are all motivated to keep our bodies moving. Yeah. We all know how bad that feels and how good it can feel when you're just, when your body is just flowing. Especially when you're getting ready to exercise too. You're going oh, for yeah. a run, you're going to the gym, bike ride, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You want to make sure you're all cleaned out. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, let's make poop cool again. Come on. That needs to be a bumper sticker. <laughs> totally. Make poop. Yeah. There's a, I think there's a politician trying to make something great again. Let's make our poop great again. <laughs> so there's some super humor in what you all do, but yeah. it, there's a very real passion underneath it. Absolutely. So how important is it for you to have passion to create really cool things in this world? I think very important because I, you know, I come from the background of being a marketer. And so I've been at companies that I really believe in. I use the product. I trust the people that I'm working with. And it's really important to me to do some kind of mission base or give back. And that comes with any company that I work with. And I think Scoop is um, the same way because we do our project produce, which gives money back uh, mm-hmm. grants for kids K through 12. So there's like a connection with the product that we make. There's a connection with the people that I work with, with James, other people at my office. And so I believe, you know, and the hope of bringing this to other people and talking about it really is important to me personally. So that passion is a huge driver for me. So having values that align with the company you work for yes. is important. Very important. So I, I personally look for a company um, and worked for companies that really, I, um, the same kind of things like they're friendly people. Um, we have fun. We work hard. Um, we do all things kind of fun together like a family. So we're not doing things every day together, but there's those little pieces that have come together and they're really important. Yep. And I can see that you are truly contributing. Yes. And you, you know that. Yes, absolutely. I, you know, have my to-do list, my one thing that I got to cross off for the day at the office. Crush it. Crush it. Yeah. And it's really important. <laughs> and I make sure people know it too. It's not that I'm trying to say, Hey, I'm the one doing some something, but then that encourages other people. So you're trying to encourage other people to be doing the same kind of things and really contributing to what the company mm-hmm. is really looking to do. Yep. I love that. I agree. And how important it was it for you when you were building a team that they understood 
why you feel so passionately about Scoop? Well, I think, Nicole, um, it's one of the most important things to hire by, and not just in terms of your team and business, it, it, who you has, have as a lover, how you hang, who the people you hang out with. I mean, your community of choice, your family of choice, I think is equally important in having a passion for life. And, it, and it's really interesting, because I think so often I get the question a lot when I was in my practice and I was... Um, I had a lot of patients who would say, well, what's the secret to keeping my passion going? And and, and I think especially for athletes, this is really interesting. Um, many people get caught up in something called extrinsic motivation. And that is more like, did I podium? Did I mm, win? Mm-hmm. How do I look? Mm-hmm. What's my body fat? What's my body composition? When it becomes extrinsic, which is the external, which is the ego, you kill your passion. Every good study on sustainable passion and success and happiness and really deep meaning and fulfillment in your life comes down to intrinsic motivation, Mm -hmm. which is passion. And here's where passion really comes from. Um, There's a wonderful word, and the Okinawans who have um, a tremendous propensity for living very long and strong. In fact, there is a culture that typically lives well beyond 100 very well. They have a word that I think typifies passion. And it also typifies how you stay motivated. It's called Ikigai. I-K-I-G-A-I. And what Ikigai means in Okinawan, I have a reason to get up in the morning that's bigger than me. Mm. There is passion. If people want to stay passionate about anything in life, about an event they're training for, to be a great mom, a great dad, a, a superhuman being, know that it has to be bigger than you. If it's not, you will not have passion that will sustain. The ego gets bored really fast. The soul never gets tired. And if you're soulfully living while you're serving, we love to say in our company that we don't sell, we serve. Mm. And if we are alive to the degree that we serve, passion is always, always alive. Well, you're doing very important things right now. Truly. You're making people happy. That's our goal. That's a key. Yeah. Um, Did you have to get to this understanding of intrinsic versus extrinsic? Yeah. Is that the word? Yeah, that's the Um, word. (laughs) Through your own ego? Like, did you have to learn lessons through your ego running amok? Totally. Absolutely. Um, so how, tell me. Give you me know, I, like I, I can remember my, my very first Ironman um, was, uh, it was a time when um, I had never done an open water swim. And there I was going into my first Ironman. Um, I was literally 19 years old, 1982. And um, I jumped in the dark water for the first time. And if anyone's ever done an event in the water and you've been in a pool with lanes and wonderful markings and chlorinated mm-hmm. visuals so you can see everywhere you're going. And lights under Lights, the whole yeah. thing. And there I was 20 yards out into this dark lake and my wheels came off. I started hyperventilating. I literally started crying. Oh, because it's a bad I was like, feeling. I, I, and I remember looking back and I saw my mom. I, I was raised by a single mom. And I saw my mom back on the shore who had always championed me and, and, and said, you know, you can do anything. And I remember turning back. I was dog paddling. I was hyperventilating. I was scared. And my mom just looked at me and said, you can do this, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to cry. You can, <laughs> yeah, right. She said, you can do this. Yeah. And then it wasn't about like, so I'm during, before the event, I was like doing the stretching on the beach and, you know, all the, the posturing and all the bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there I was, I, I, I'm a good swimmer and I was all caught up in that. And then when my wheels came off, it was about, can you stay humble enough to stay in a stroke, in a cadence, in a pace that you can handle? Mm-hmm. I was the last one out of the water. Wow. The very last one. Wow. I finished the race and it was a very, very difficult day for me, but I learned all about all the things that go into what does it mean to be a mindful athlete versus an athlete who was thinking about the prize, being on purpose versus outcome. I think so many athletes about the outcome. What's my time going to be and how am I going to look when I cross the line and all that bullshit. And now, as I can say, 40 years into endurance training that I've now been a part of, I love, I don't train with a watch anymore. I couldn't give a crap about a split time. It's all about how I feel in my mind and my heart. If I'm enjoying it, that's my barometer of whether or not I'm intrinsically motivated. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I've done my, and that happens with how I raise my, how I raise myself, 
how I, uh, 23 years of marriage. Um, I'm constantly trying to figure out how I can sharpen my own saw, stay humble, stay learning in a mode set. And when I do make a mistake, which is every single day, be willing to take notes when I'm most happy and study the notes then. It has nothing to do with your ego when you're most happy, only to do when you're actually serving others and learning about how to become a better version of yourself. Gosh, it's very true. And yet you're constantly going to be at odds with this or be battling it as you grow a company. Yeah. I mean, you guys just closed almost a million dollars in financing, yeah. right? Yeah. So how do you keep your ego out of this growth game? Just following, <laughs> just following the passion of um, what we want to do. Teach people about plant-based um, food, um, convenience, um, doing things for your family, doing pe- things for people at the office and drive. I think you said it really well with the passion um, and for me, it's like teaching my girls to be strong little girls and strong, raising them as strong women because I'm leading as an example and making mistakes and letting them see the mistakes mm-hmm. at the same time and go, yeah, I made a mistake there, but this is what I'll do now so that they learn at the same time. Yeah, I think so often for young companies who have an investor, you, um, you get really caught up in the, the top line sales and you're chasing sales. And I can only tell you having this is my third startup. And um, every time I've chased sales, I've always lost. Oh, always. So only true. Always. And I can tell you that I'm sh- <laughs> I, I say that with humility. It, it sucks to be in that role. And, um, you know, and, and, and it's how you choose your investors, too. We have an amazing investment team who said, you know what? We want you to serve because we believe the brand will build the sales not the other way around. Mm-hmm. When you chase sales, you kill your brand. So we've really done the wow. inverse opportunity, which is serve first, let the brand build around the service, not the sales. And you know, I think this can apply to athletics too. There's people out there who they get excited about a sport and they go gung ho and they have one year and then they're injured and they got to change it up and they're burned out and all that. But the people who take, Hey, I want to be doing this for 20 years. Or I want to be out running when I'm 75 years old. Yeah. Those are people who are, are laying the foundation. You know, one thing we were talking a lot about is passion. But one of the things with the icky guy, first yeah. of all, that's a pretty funny term. Isn't that awesome? I love it. But it's also, there's a lot of purpose there. So it's when you wake up and you know that you're a part of something greater than yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what every great brand should aspire to. I, I definitely think, so. think you are. But I see purpose in that as much as passion. And I think Both. what we really decided we want to do, and Christine, you know, we're not young entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're both around 50. I'm, <laughs> I just I, turned 50. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to say it. I'm around, I'm around 50. I'm happy to be 50. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? On most totally. days. On most days. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a wonderful Greek word now that we're in a vocabulary here. We had icky guy. There's another awesome word. It's kantanos. And that's how people in Greece say hello. It's may you live to 100 by never acting that way. Yeah. And I love that. Oh. And I think... So we're older entrepreneurs. We are people who've been around. We've done more than one startup. But I think what's cool about what we're doing with Scoop, everything, every ingredient in Scoop is not a Scrabble word. You, you, it's food. Mm-hmm. You recognize every ingredient. It tastes good. It's accessible. And I think this is what Christine and I and the Scoop team always said. You know what? Let's not make taking care of yourself a punitive experience. Let's make it something that's aspirational and doable mm-hmm. because ultimately the best brands that you associate with are the ones that make you feel like your integrity is getting deeper and deeper as you go. Everyone has a great intention. And if you can close the gap on your good intentions by doing what you know works, mm-hmm. scoop is like the checkoff of all the things you want to put in your body. And it's easy enough that you can close the gap on your good intentions. Emotionally, you get the integrity hit that every soul wants to be a part of. And we are a company that's about building, yes, character and integrity. We want to see people become the highest versions of themselves, one scoop at a time. I, I- Everyone, I think, listening is going to become huge fans of the product because we all want that for ourselves. Right. And we lose sight of that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Let's talk here. We're winding down. We've already hit 5K. Wow. Wow. Can you say that? And by the way, the average 5K pace, and you're going to love this, is 11 minutes and 48 seconds. No way. Isn't that cool? That's wicked cool. Because people hear that and they're like, oh, I'm so relieved. I thought I was the slowest person. Like, no, I'm just average. 
and they're super psyched. <laughs> it's great. It's, wow. That's yeah, cool to know. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to wrap a little bit. Let's talk some product. And then what, before we sign off afterwards, actually, you guys are going to check the show notes at nicoledeboom.com and you're going to see a discount. Okay. Right. And yep. we're also going to do a giveaway, yes, which yes. is really cool. So I'm going to do a Facebook post probably on Skirt Sports Facebook page, and we will do some kind of really cool giveaway, and we'll figure out what that is. So you're going to have to check back. Right on. Right on. So let's talk about this awesome product. Sleep protein. What, all of them. What do we need? You've got a whole lineup of products. You've got kind of a general superfoods that you throw in your drink, right? You've got smoothies. You've got this new uh, sleep protein, yummy. And then I see pea protein is the first ingredient, which I thought made me fart. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I don't want. I'm gonna do a fart intervention right here. here and, and not to not to love on our brand overly, but I'm gonna love on the fact that our pea protein, most, and I'd say the vast majority of the pea protein that's sold in the states comes from a different country. We won't do disparaging. Okay. Comes from a different place. Ours is USDA organic, USA grown pea protein. I love to say it's fart free pea protein <laughs> because it is. And here's what's beautiful about that because pea protein is pretty rugged unless oh. it's grown very, very well and filtered, if you will. And if you will, the way that we filter our protein, wonderfully small micro proteins, if you will, allowing your body to fully assimilate because you're not what you eat. You're what you absorb. And that's a key distinction. RP protein, again, fart-free, wonderfully digestible. (laughs) But here's what's cool. And as as a dad of daughters, and I think a lot of gals will relate to this, this product was created by my girls because I watched them at 8 o'clock to 8.30 to 9 o'clock every night leave their bedrooms and make the pilgrimage to the pantry. Yes. And I'm like... Wow, what are they doing? And they'd open the refrigerator <laughs> doors, the pantry doors, it's the big Newtons, it's the wheat, it's it's reckless abandon. And then you go, wow, isn't it interesting? And then <laughs> wait, they stopped doing that? I no, they, I still do that. Well, well, you know, most of us do Everyone this. Does. It's a support group for everybody. Here's what's cool: Scoop Sleep Protein was made to help us do two cool things: snack or dessert with purpose. And help us initiate. That and to sustain a great night's sleep. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about the microbiome, Nicole. And one of the biggest drivers for an unhealthy microbiome is inflammation. One of the biggest drivers for inflammation is not getting a good night's sleep. So this actually helps us get a great dessert, an awesome anti-inflammatory experience. And yeah, look at that. How cool is that? Go ahead, Nicole. Well, I just saw an ingredient that I only think of Thanksgiving. Um, Tryptophan. Right. And tryptophan, people go, oh, it's the turkey. That's why I fall asleep. But here's the key distinction. Tryptophan's in the turkey, but it only allows you to fall asleep if it crosses something called the blood-brain barrier. You need to have just enough carbohydrates to allow it to cross the blood-brain barrier to build the serotonin that turns into melatonin. So this was built to be a dessert with purpose that allows you to get a great night's sleep. And there's a little bit of tart cherries in there. And tart cherries are a food-based source of melatonin. And so you're getting the sleep hormone too. So, And it's all under 100 calories. So for folks out there go, you know what? I want to try to get off the Ben and Jerry's bandwagon at night. The cheesecake isn't working for me. If I could have snooze before bed. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> at a little less than 100 calories, at 90 calories, this is doing two things for you. Mm-hmm. It allows you to fall asleep. It allows you to stay asleep. It allows you to choose a functional dessert, but most importantly, it allows you to wake up in the morning and not beat yourself up for the night before. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I know with my teenage daughters. They wake up and go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And, and then, the, you know, the, the stinking thinking ensues from there. Mm-hmm. This is an intervention stat- strategy for the evening opportunity called, I want to do something, but I want to do something well. I love it. And you know what? I need to leave this science to you guys and trust that you're doing the best thing for us. So for anyone listening... You don't have to think all the way through different hormones crossing paths in your brain. Scrabble words galore. Scoop (laughs) has done it for you. Absolutely. (laughs) It's amazing. So what else? Do you guys have anything else you want to add on the food? 
I'll do it if you add that picture at the beginning um, of the video. It's yummy, yummy in your tummy, tummy. Oh, you got it. Just now. Yeah, check out the show notes. That one's going to go viral. (laughs) Well, before we leave, there's one last question I ask of every guest, and you can both answer this if you feel so inclined. And that is the name of the podcast is Run This World with Nicole DeBoom. And so I ask if you have one piece of advice one thing that will help our listeners run their worlds in a bigger and better way before they listen to you, what would that be? Uh, For me, it would be confidence to be strong in your thinking, be strong in yourself and be strong with your body and put those things together and you can rule the world. Wow. Wow, That's awesome. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, you know, having been a, a big fan of you since I learned about you, when you started doing in triathlons, when you and your husband were literally lighting up bolder than the entire world with the work that you were doing. <laughs> um, it makes me think of something that I think is something that all of us need to consider. It actually aligns with Christine's idea of confidence. When I was seeing patients, the thing that I always, I always loved about what I was learning, I learned that self-oppression is one of the most insidious forms of keeping ourselves in a dark room. And I mean that, that so many people say, you know what, it's my worthiness issues that keeps me from eating well. It's my worthiness issues from allowing myself to go out in the morning and stretch and move and to delight, if you will, in my body. And I say to someone today that is saying to themselves, gosh, you know what, well, I've been in a dark room most of my life and my thinking isn't so positive. Here's a secret to getting yourself out of self-oppression. When you witness yourself talking down about yourself, remember, there's never been a statue erected to a critic ever. And it's the people who actually are noticed for being the, if you will, the wonderful obsession who create an opulent bubble that they live with inside and they actually coach themselves up with the kind of words, the kind of opportunities for self-care. Those are the people who remove themselves from self-oppression. And those are the ones who run alongside a Nicole DeBoom and they rock the world. And I think all of us right here and right now have to ask ourselves a simple question. Are we willing to get out of the dark room and ask ourselves a greater idea of what we could be? And you know what? Self-love and self-care is the Emancipation Proclamation for all of us today. (laughs) Bam! (laughs) Nailed it! Well, on that note, I love you guys. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. Super fun episode today, huh? Well, I for sure enjoyed talking about both BM and BS, but you know me, those are fun topics for just about anybody. Um, we were we were laughing about it later and, and decided that this would be a very unintimidating episode because people would be listening and be like, oh, they're just talking about poop. You know what? That's no big deal. So there you have it. Don't forget, if you want to check out Scoop, HealthyScoop.com, get over to their website, S-K-O-O-P, HealthySKOOP.com, and use the promo code SPARK35 for 35% off, and you will help your body have better BMs and less BS. So how about that? All right, everybody, you know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run your world. <laughs>